gorgeous human beings. Before you continue listening to this particular episode of The Human Experience by Corthentic, we wanted to give you a trigger warning. In this episode, we will be discussing cancer and other health-related topics. Hello, hello, fellow humans. Welcome to The Human Experience by Corthentic. My name is Flick Manning. I am the host of the podcast. And joining me today on this particular episode is a very special guest, someone that has been exceptionally generous with his time in helping to guide me through the world of being an author and a speaker, but is also just an all-round amazing person doing great things in terms of wellness and really introducing people to some amazing techniques, Mr. Mark Bunn, who also happens to be the author of Ancient Wisdom, Modern Health. He is also an Ayurvedic expert, a TM meditation teacher, and the CEO of the David Lynch Foundation. So he's a guy that knows what he's talking about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Flick, and a big hello to all your uh, lovely listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. pleasure. Awesome. Now, I know that with this particular episode, we're going to be touching on something that could be a little bit sensitive for some of our listeners, but it is definitely a subject I think that is absolutely worth talking about. And I love the way in which you approach this with so much enthusiasm and, you know, honesty and openness about it. But we are going to be talking a little bit about cancer in this particular episode. And I guess in a way how that has maybe led you on a little bit of a journey um, in terms of, you know, studies and wellness and some things that you've done some research in. Could you kind of give us a little bit of an idea of, you know, I guess who you are, what what your mission is, what you're actually aiming to do and how cancer has tied into that for you? Yeah, so I came from a sporting background, elite sport. I played AFL football many years ago. So it's all about sort of external performance, if you like. Mm-hmm. After I retired yep. from my very inglorious career, I'm sure the fact that none of your <laughs> listeners have ever heard my name in a football sense tells you a lot about how good I was as a footballer. But um, um, I started to get into all the Eastern medicines and Eastern wisdom after having a Western health science background. And what struck me was just the beautiful simplicity and the age-old wisdoms of what they promoted. And so I began researching and even starting writing my book about all this wisdom. But not long mm-hmm. after that or during that time, a lot, um, I actually also got married and a, to a woman who in what we would think from a Western perspective was very health con- conscious. You know, she went to bed early, she ate well, she exercised, she meditated. But she mm-hmm. was in a or she had a working situation with extreme stress, what I would call toxic stress. And so the the wisdom for me was that even though we think we know what it is to be healthy and we always talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, not having stress, we often don't actually do it. You know, we rationalize that stress is a part of life and we sweep. And so this is what we both did really. And then after getting married, she Mm -hmm. was diagnosed with breast cancer, got into her bones. Mm -hmm. And so our whole life really upside down um, from the perspective Mm. of, well, we weren't actually living what we knew in our head. You know, we were still putting up with Mm. this massive toxic load of stress and we paid the price for it individually and as a couple. So that really sort of just Mm. narrowed my focus to what all the traditional 
cultures have always represented that, yes, it is good to eat clean food and to exercise, but the real keys are that no stress, easy living, family, enjoying <laughs> life. And that's what really sort of um, now I really promote and try and teach much, much more as a result of that experience with what Karen went through. Yeah, what an amazing journey that you both went on together and obviously individually yeah. um, as well. Yeah, quite quite life-changing. And I think something that you said really struck me then was um, it sounds like obviously like many people who are trying to approach their health, they think they're doing all of the right things. And then when something actually sort of strikes them down, they are so unprepared for it, probably much more unprepared, I think, sometimes even than people who are, you know, actively know that they're doing things that could be causing health issues. Um, And so you sort of think you're doing all the right things and then suddenly it's like you've got a disease or maybe even a body that feels, you know, you feel like it's betrayed you. And there's, there's all those kinds of extra emotions that go into it. Was it quite shocking for both of you to sort of have to confront that? Yeah, I think always and I think everyone who goes through a similar, as you say, a life-changing um, challenge like that, uh, the initial is there's the shock and there's the why us and all that. But mm-hmm. um, there is also that, and it is that traditional ancient wisdom that in Ayurvedic medicine, which is my formal studies, there's this understanding of what's called natural law that, You know, the universe Mm -hmm. is an intelligent system. We are a part of that. So we're connected to nature and our environment. And nature actually gives us, Mother Nature, feedback as to, you know, what's appropriate, what's health promoting and what's not. And Mm -hmm. disease or illness in that framework is very much, yes, it's, it's a shock and it's unpleasant in the short term, but underlying that or within that is, a message from nature that, hey, maybe we've been on the wrong path here for a while and we need to recalibrate and go in a different direction. And, and what Karen and I experienced was exactly that, that Karen was mm. in an environment that wasn't healthy um, and that was why it was a blessing. You know, when many people say it's a blessing and a curse all wrapped up in one, it's hard and it's yes. the worst time of your life, but it enables you to then get perspective and then hopefully take another Um, track in life that is more health promoting and more fulfilling which um, as you were touching on with many of your listeners or people that um, initially don't understand why it's happened or it's shocking but within it if they look for it and they look for the deeper message it can be a really great blessing in their life. Absolutely I fully agree with you on that and obviously as somebody that advocates for people with invisible illness and chronic you know pain and things like that which I you know have obviously experienced in my life I know how shocking it is when you first receive the news and and start going through that diagnosis you do really go through almost I guess a grieving process of who you thought you were and what you thought your life was going to be and having to kind of pull information from that but I certainly also think that it can be a way in which we actually find purpose and also a way in which we can actually connect into the root of what we are as humans and start to sort of get a better feel for the connectedness that we have within ourselves but also to each other in the wider community and then of course to the planet which you know environmentally is having you know a Mm. massive effect on our health mentally and physically as well beautiful yeah and I, i mean i absolutely love your story and i think it's a perfect example of what we're speaking about and in the vedic context they have a word called dharma which is 
you know, our higher purpose in life. It's our, mm. what upholds our highest evolution as a human, why we're born, you know, why are we in this, this body? What's our purpose and, and, you know, mm-hmm. what you went through or as hard as it was and shocking at the time you've come out of it. Mm-hmm. Now you're creating all these new connections and educating other people through it. So, you know, in a sense, mm. it was a, a bad thing, but another thing, sense it's you know really enabled you to embrace your dharma and find it and that's the same with all of us um you know Mm. anyone listening who's thinking you know getting that intuitive feeling that oh i'm not really fulfilled or it's like there's blockages or there's obstacles you know maybe Mm -hmm. you just need to turn around 180 degrees sometimes and look in the exact opposite direction and sometimes that's where nature uh, is uh sending us so um yeah and i love your story flick Oh, thank you. And and I love yours as well. I mean, I, you know, I, I get so much from listening to people that have overcome adversity in some way in terms of their strategies and what they've actually pulled from mm. it. And I think it's very interesting that there is obviously sometimes people that really get stuck in that place of, uh, you know, hearing bad news and it changes them mentally and emotionally and they can't seem to find their way out of that they can't seem to grapple and find the actual purpose or the messages you're talking about that can be received from that for you obviously going through so much you know um, trauma and obviously then also having to watch somebody that you love and care for going through that so you've sort of got two layers of that going on you've got your own questioning but then you're also watching somebody else that you care about grapple with theirs what was I guess for you, was it just an immediate thing where you thought, okay, I need to look into other ways to actually live because this is clearly not working for for me and for us? Or was there sort of, was there some other messages that came through, was starting to come through? Or had you already been thinking about this before you actually got the news that, that cancer had come into both of your lives? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, as you say, there's so many different aspects and layers that sort of came. But initially we... I totally understood right from the beginning the um, impact of stress on people's lives. So I had Mm -hmm. already written about that in the first chapter of the book was all about emotional health because that was what separates the long-living traditional cultures, that it's, you know, it's about connections and family and da-da-da. But what really Mm -hmm. came through was, um, for me personally, was about taking a step back as being the practitioner because I was – often always the one giving the advice and then Mm -hmm. what I had to do, which I did actually fairly early on was to not be the practitioner. I was the husband, you know, my Mm -hmm. wife led me as a support and a husband, not as a telling her what to do. She obviously had her own journey and her family were, you know, quite from a different background to me, whereas I'm very natural health and, you know, they're very much from the Western um, medicine yes. and you've got to do chemo and radiation and things that were polar mm-hmm. opposite. So we had all these competing influences. So I wanted to take that away from Karen, not to have her feel pressured from me. She had to do X and Y. So that, and that was her challenge, you know, she had to, which is mm-hmm. often, you know, we get influences from our friends who have the best intentions for us, but they also come with their own way of seeing the world and what's right and that may not necessarily be what's right for us so the big learning for me was that everyone's Mm -hmm. individual there is no Mm -hmm. right you know going the 100% natural health option is not necessarily right for everyone some people it's a balance some it's a mix and you've just got to again it's having that 
silence and that time by yourself to really follow your own gut wisdom rather than what the mm. expert says or even the doctor says. You know, we listen to them. But, Absolutely. Um, you know, we I could speak for two hours on things specialists told us that, you know, were really horrendous and other specialists were absolutely mm-hmm. fabulous. So you've really got to find your own journey because that, that's what it is. It's an individual journey. There's no right and wrong. It's just what's most sort of beneficial and evolutionary for that individual. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. I know obviously, you know, my journey's definitely dealt with a lot of specialists that have told me a lot of uh, contradicting mm. information over time. And I guess in some ways really coming out the gate, my journey started from not really being t- told very much at all about how I was going to be able to live with my condition. And so that journey was just kind of, hey, you've got to work this out yep. for yourself. And along the way, I've found a whole bunch of, of different practitioners that are open-minded enough to work um, is from a holistic or alternative or Eastern health perspective with Western doctors and things as well, people that kind of treat me as a whole person and look at actually all the different aspects of my life and work in conjunction with each other like a team. And that's taken a a lot of, uh, I guess, confidence to get to the point where I'm willing to walk away from a doctor that, you know, is giving me information, not necessarily that I disagree with, but there's a gut instinct inside me that actually says, hey, maybe there's more information that you need Mm -hmm. to be seeking, or maybe this isn't quite the right person that's going to work for your journey and how it's going to work for me. And I think that's a a great point that you raised there. And I'm I'm thankful that you did that. There's a lot of people going through all sorts of different health journeys, mental health, physical health journeys. And because we're kind of raised with this idea that whoever you go to see is the authority, they've studied this, so whatever they say must mm. go. And there's a lot of people that are not satisfied with the information that, that they're getting um, and they don't feel empowered yes. yep. to seek alternative information. Yep. Do you? What would you say to people that are kind of in that situation right now? I would say one of the first steps which you've outlined is the first part of it is to find and develop and create a support network of Mm -hmm. firstly it's friends and family that are actually supportive of what you are going through whether you're already healthy or going through a health challenge because that Mm -hmm. positive support is gold in Ayurveda all the traditional cultures the emotions are far Mm -hmm. more powerful than the physical or even the words so that's one and then two also in your health practitioner network exactly what you've said you've actually got to take the time to go through two or three or four or five or six practitioners in different modalities to actually not only get someone who's competent in what they do but there's a resonance with you and that's the ancient wisdom that Mm -hmm. the final message would be is the gut wisdom that we tend to hear about and people say oh yeah trust your gut you know go but we still don't do it and we hear so much today about and your stories is I'm sure if what you teach now is that way back in early when you were young maybe it came from parents mm-hmm. but there's a a blockage of that gut wisdom when we don't do what the gut is telling us mother nature gives us Absolutely. the feedback and so many of our issues with the gut that we heard about today you know we talk about the microbiota but gut health and mm-hmm. starts in the gut and the ancient wisdom Absolutely. is that this is this is literally true that we aren't following that gut wisdom. And when we don't follow that wisdom, then nature gives us the, uh, the tap on the shoulder or the, 
you know, the problem in the gut that's not digesting the food. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really trusting and it is a process and I'm certainly no expert on it. You don't go from not being good at trusting your gut to being perfect at it overnight, but it's just like mm. any exercise. You just little things, little things that aren't going to, you know, ruin your life if you get them wrong, but just practicing, mm-hmm. you know, that little I should have this food and not that food. Oh, this person I really like spending time with they make me feel good when i i'm with them this person i feel drained when i'm with them let's maybe spend more Mm -hmm. time with the first person just it's really basic and simple when we think of it it's just we don't often do it so that'd be the big one to just follow that gut wisdom on everything related to health and life absolutely i love that yeah it's so true i think when we actually take the time to tune in and really start to look at our reactions to to everything. And you can start small, start with one area of your yeah. life perhaps um, or, or one type of reaction that you're looking at. But more often than not, your body and your mind are telling you exactly what you need to know. They're, they're doing it in a language which um, is the only language that they know how to use. Absolutely. And I think a big part of, of what we have to do is to develop uh, or our understanding of that same language. So it's kind of like, a lot of us are walking around only able to speak Italian yeah. <laughs> to our body and our body is trying to say it to us in English. Yeah. And we're kind of like, there's a miscommunication going on. They're both Absolutely. trying, we're just not speaking the same language. And the, <laughs> and the universal language is somewhat counterintuitive because we've most many of us have been brought up in this culture that to succeed or to win or to be successful, it's hard mm. work and you've got to push and you've got to try. And that person that works the hardest is the most successful. Whereas nature, mother nature's principle is actually the exact opposite. It's actually Mm -hmm. bliss and happiness and joy are the signs that we're on the right track. Not that we're straining and we're stressed. And so the universal language of a mother nature is, is this enjoyable? Is there flow state? Do I find it easy? Mm-hmm. Do I feel good after it? Am I more energized when I do it? Or is mm-hmm. it hard work and I feel tired and I'm, str- it's like, and for some reason with exercise, for example, you know, you'd know more about this than me with exercise. We think we have to kill <laughs> ourselves to get an oh, exercise yeah. benefit where it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to have this really stringent, fanatical diet that we don't actually enjoy but it's got xy nutrients and it's low carb and it's this Mm -hmm. and it's all intellectual but we actually don't enjoy the food and you think about all the long-living healthy cultures the italians and the mediterraneans and the okinawans Mm -hmm. foods enjoyable you know they gather together and they break the bread and they drink a bit of wine and they laugh and it's, Mm -hmm. it's sumptuous and it's sensual and it's blissful and all of yep. life should be that. That's what Mother Nature wants for us, not not the opposite. So that takes a bit of getting used to yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. But I know I know exactly exactly what you're saying. I think once you've started a journey in that direction, it, it sort of uh, starts to become more obvious over time the more that you practice yeah. it. And I think it's that, that that language that your body and mind is trying to communicate with you, uh, you using is just becomes easier to understand and then you can find that you've got all these different ways in which you can communicate back to it and it becomes a conversation rather than a one-sided platform and I think you know like you said a a lot of the time uh, much of what we end up doing is based on this idea of you know work hard and play later and don't have any emotion and 
don't do this and don't do there's so many restrictions and it's it's not how we are designed um you know even if we just look at the basics and a lot of my study has certainly been around looking at us from the perspective of our mammal behavior of how we actually work as primates how we actually function and how how important community and you know um connection is in terms of how it actually relates to our physiological reactions i mean even just not feeling like as if we can communicate or have support around us actually changes our body's ability to work at its full capacity we sort of go into safe mode Mm. and i think that's sort of what we're doing largely as as a society broadly is that when we're under stress because we've been told hey you've got to work hard and you can't bring your emotion to work and you can't do this and that and the other and it's all about you know, having the best and consuming the most and all of these different things, we we aren't connecting to that mammal behaviour. So we are all kind of operating from this safe yeah. mode where we're not able to thrive or bring the best of ourselves forward. Yeah. We don't feel seen or valued or yeah. safe. And that's incredibly damaging to the way in which the body actually yeah, functions. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Very robotic, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Very, very robotic. Um, so I wanted to to talk to you just briefly before we we wrap up today about you know something that I know that you know you you talk a lot about um, you know uh, TM I know that you're a practitioner um, with meditation is this something that came about for you as part of this same journey of understanding sort of the the Eastern sciences and medicine or was it something that you were already doing before that point yeah I was actually already doing it that's really in many ways what started me on the whole journey I was um, I said playing AFL football I was 19 years old and I was by no means a top footballer I had to sort of look for every little you know cutting a corner or advantage I could get so I actually learned transcendental meditation in my first senior year and I loved mm-hmm. it just immediately. One of those things that just enabled me to switch off and to recover quicker after games and just the whole, you know, broadened my whole mind and perspective. And so it just gave me a, such a beautiful outlook on life. And then it was only, it was about three years later that the person who taught me gave me a book on Ayurvedic medicine and um, basically health and fitness, um, mm-hmm. which I was studying. And that was connected with the you know, whole meditations tied in with Ayurveda. And that, you know, that moment where the light bulb went on, you know, everything it spoke about living in tune with the daily cycles and the seasonal cycles and different foods for different body types and everything mm-hmm. that was almost the exact opposite of what I'd learned in my Western health science degree. But it just made mm-hmm. so much sense. You know, you just that inner gut wisdom was like yes this is how it's meant to be it's simple we're all different what one person does for exercise should be different and so then I started to study Ayurveda from there but yeah the meditation the team was great because it just gave me that um, you know great way to reduce stress but you know just with the sleep and dealing with the anxiety of the elite performance with the sport was uh, yeah just fabulous so it was a really beautiful um, entree into the uh, the rest of it. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And there are some, obviously so many different types of meditation. There's also so many different types of exercise and food and everything yeah. else. And like you've said, um, I think one of the things that, that is really important to continue to point out for people is that there's no one right way, no one blanket rule for, for all of the world, for every single exactly. person. It is definitely about finding 
a way to find what's in tune with you, what resonates the most as being correct for you. And when you listen to that voice and follow that yep. path, you know, it starts a journey and, and eventually you'll have your own specific formula for how you live and how you thrive that's the right. best. And I think Absolutely. And certainly from my perspective, that's what you've yeah. done. <laughs> and, and the beautiful um, compliment to that is that what's right for each individual, which as you say, might be completely different to their spouse or their child or their best friend at a certain time that can Mm -hmm. actually change too as the season changes or in again the vedic perspective we have cycles throughout our whole life not just daily and monthly and seasonal but different stages in life where what was working for Mm -hmm. us for 10 years may all of a sudden change we have to have a different way of exercising or different diet or different work and so yeah as you say always coming back to the self what they call Mm self-referral consciousness in the vedic perspective is um is the only way we can sort of smoothly manage all those transitions and switch from one gear to the next or know what's appropriate at any particular time so it's a great uh, a great wisdom to have have with us i completely agree with you and again this is you know uh one of the one of the reasons why i think it's personally think it's really quite insane that we sort of enter the world largely ready to take on a, mm. a career where, where we can read and write, we can we can follow basic rules and things like that. But very few of us have really been given much of a knowledge of how to actually live inside yeah. of your body. And <laughs> um, that kind of starts us all off on, on a bit of a deficit. We're all, already a little bit behind to start off with, I think. And a lot of the time when we kind of become early adults and we're just getting our first paychecks and maybe, you know, renting a house or owning a piece of property for the first time and doing all of these sort of hallmark moments, um, we sometimes also think along with that, that we have sort of arrived in our full form and we are exactly as we are going Mm. to be and that there there won't necessarily be a lot of evolutions. But I think that's a great point um, that, that you raised is that we do our bodies change we hormonally change we have all sorts of different uh, changes throughout our lifetime and so uh, one of the I guess the best ways as you're mentioning is to develop that language and actually be able to check in with yourself and yep. watch yourself as you progress and adjust things accordingly absolutely yeah and getting really comfortable with change you know most of us have been brought up to resist change you know companies mm. I speak at company conferences all around the country and that's the hardest thing is the is the culture of change no one wants to change but the only eternal in the universe is change and change is a part of the evolutionary process if we want to grow and we want to become more and become whatever spiritually enlightened successful in a business change is a Mm -hmm. is a compulsory part of that so we actually have to embrace change and enjoy change because it's us to the the next better thing so um yeah very nice so true so so true change is so important and you're right most of us are kind of taught to resist change we kind of look for structure and we want to stay the same all the time but i think we probably don't realize that we are actually changing yeah you can't stop it (laughs) (laughs) the only constant is change some famous philosopher said i think yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, so beautiful. as we wrap up, Mark, is there anything specific that you wanted to, um, you know, a final message with the listeners today? It could be about a book or speaking or just a, a final message you'd love for them to have as a seed planted in their mind that they can kind of fertilize. And yeah, well, my, my key wisdom that I always try and impart to everyone because it's been a foundation of, 
I guess, my learnings is that health and well-being, which we all want, everyone wants more health and energy and better sleep, is actually far simpler than we've Mm -hmm. been led to believe. The longest living, healthiest cultures ever throughout history, all the well-researched ones, know absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing. They have never heard of good fats, bad fats, low-carb diets, glycemic index, Mm -hmm. antioxidants. They've never heard of them. What they understand is just the simple wisdom of living in tune with Mother Nature's laws. So everything I talk about in um, conferences, so, yeah, people can jump on my website, which is markbun.com.au, and if they like that sort of info, then, yeah, there's books and online programs, podcasts, um, talks to companies or school groups or health groups, whatever it is, we're very, very happy to uh, help and happy to send out any, you know, a lot of my free resources, however we can help, um, Mm -hmm. I'd love to. And uh, it's been great to sort of um, share some time with you and your listeners and uh, congratulations on your inspiration as well, Flick. It's um, great what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I know that I'm sure that everyone that has listened to this podcast today will probably be replaying it again to pull out the extra nuggets of of wisdom that you have shared today so much really important stuff that you have put here and again has come from such a personal experience something that could have led you down a very uh, negative and dark path I know some people do go down that way with that kind of news and that experience but instead you've found purpose you've found information and you are now using that to be of service to people and really um, I know Personally, I've been very lucky to spend some time with you one-on-one and your energy that you give out is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. So thank you very much for sharing that with us today as well. And for all of our listeners, please do make sure that you head on to Mark's website, you know, get in there, consume as much of what he has to say as possible. There is so much fabulous information that he, you know, is imparting and sharing. And, of course, if you have any questions for him or for myself, feel free to reach out to either one of us on our social media. Everything will be tagged once this is all up and live. And, again, thank you so, so much time uh, for your time, Mark. I know that you're a very busy man. I truly appreciate you being on today. Absolute pleasure, Flick, and always good to come together with uh, like-minded people, and that's what it's all about, community and connections and uh doing things together so um it's a wonderful community of building and uh any way we can contribute would absolutely love to amazing thank you so much all right then my listeners thank you so much let's continue to do this thing called life together let's just keep being human